It is the return of Correct Opinions on Wrestling. I'm George. I'm Melissa. And tonight we'll be reviewing AEW Dynamite The Crossroads from March 3rd. Mm, I forgot it was called that. The Crossroads edition. One of their little nifty fake pay-per-view uh, titles. I don't think it was advertised really as that, that much, was it? I think last week they did it and just kind of slipped were, it in. There weren't special commercials or anything, I don't think. Okay. So, yep. We start with... Uh... Cody and Red Velvet versus Jade and Shaq. And I have to say, I had negative number expectations for this match. Zero. Zero expectations. So, going in with that, not so bad. I did not hate this. It was better than I was expecting, which isn't exactly, you know, great praise. When it started out, JR on commentary kept saying how seriously Shaq took this. It's not a joke, you guys. <laughs> and it made me feel like, oh, well, if you have to say it, then you know why people are thinking it. But I thought it actually ended up being, you know, like, good for what it was. That's really what I can say for it. It was good for what it was. Um, I don't want Shaq to join the, the roster or anything. No, but, um, but it actually was... Oh, my God. They never said where Shaq went. We we never learned. So... <laughs> oh, my God. I just realized. Okay, we'll get to that. Okay. I didn't do a play-by-play. -play. Me neither. I don't know, like, if whoever's listening to this tunes in for play-by-play, -play, but I'm just not into giving play-by-play -play matches. Mm -mm. When I listen to shows that do that, I just tune out. Because I feel like if you really want to know play-by-play, you'll just watch it. Right. So we're just going to give you the gist. I just, just a couple things that I thought were funny. Tell you the vibe. At one point, Shaq has his back to the little crowd around the ring, and one of the gun chuds... The gun chuds, I love it. It hits him in the back with a chair. And then just a brawl happens with the Nightmare family. Which I thought was strange because it's like they're supposed to be good guys. Aren't they? Well, and and you mentioned this and it seemed strange to me until I realized, wait a minute. They're helping Cody, so... That still is not a good guy move, By though. Cody logic, that makes them faces no matter what. It was, I don't know, I just thought that was weird. And anytime the fucking gun club gets involved... It's like, why? I don't want to I don't want to fucking see that. Now, are they technically part of the Nightmare family? Because yeah. I can't keep track. Yeah, is Aaron Solo in the Nightmare family? Because I was kind of watching Dark, and he was with Lee Johnson in a match. Who knows? I guess we're getting off topic, but... Yeah, that happened. And then uh, Red Velvet did a moonsault. That was pretty good. That was impressive. But again, like, is it impressive or is it just impressive because I had no standards for this match? Either way. Either way. So, at one point, Shaq is on the apron and Cody does, like, a flying at him crossbody thing. And basically, Shaq just falls backwards through two tables and he gets uh, carted off in an ambulance. Oh. And then later Tony Schiavone goes to the ambulance to check on Shaq. And he's missing. And the way that showed up on screen, <laughs> it, it didn't feel like later. It felt like 
the way that was put together, it felt like they put him in the ambulance, they closed it, they cut away for like a second, and then he was back. So it didn't feel like, oh, he comes back later and Shaq's gone. To me, it felt like, it felt like abracad- abracadabra. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then I thought by the end of the show, I'd find out what happened to Shaq. But just sitting down here, I realized, wait a second. What the hell happened to Shaq? There so never was a Shaq. Shaq has entered a different dimension. He's gone forever. Shaq got sent to the Shadow Realm. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck happened to Shaq. But, uh, yeah, that happened. And, uh, oh, yeah, I guess Jade and Shaq win because Jade pins Red Velvet. So, I mean, I'm not mad at it. I'm not I mad. I feel like Shaq did a good job. But I'm glad the angle's over. I'm praying it's the angle's over. It's not over. He's going to return from the Shadow Realm. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm not... I thought I was going to absolutely hate it, and I didn't hate it. So that's my opinion on that it managed to exceed my extremely low non-existent expectations so (laughs) yay all right good job Shaq. okay after that get this weird 30 second squash match style thing between phoenix pock and uh pack and uh a couple of jobbers one of which i never even caught their name yeah so phoenix and pack come out and the people they're wrestling are already out there and, I mean, they're probably on Darker or something, but I don't always watch those, so I'm not sure. One of the names was John Schuyler. I didn't catch... I, they didn't have an entrance. I didn't even catch the other one's name. Plus one. The match was like 30 seconds, which... I just... I didn't I understand the point of this. I was thinking maybe they were just going to use it to set up some kind of storyline angle, but then that didn't happen. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what this was. I mean, Pack and Phoenix are always good, so you saw, like... You know, a very quick 15 seconds each of what they can do. And then the match was over. So that happened. I have nothing to add to that. It happened. It was a thing. A thing happened. Moving on. So then we have, well, maybe like something ran long or something. So they had to, I don't know what the point was. Anyway, next the Inner Circle come out for their press conference. Another... (laughs) And I'm thinking to myself, another wacky Jericho segment that is going to be either watchable or just die hard. Because that's what happens with this stuff that has Jericho's stink on it. Oh, damn, dude. Well, I mean, you you, you know that. Like, it, it either ends up being, you know... I got it's been so long since I've really soured on Jericho that I'm really even having a hard time thinking of his greatest hits, which, you know, did happen. So it's either, you know, something like that dinner segment he did with MJF, or it ends up being something really terrible like that hangover parody. Ugh. You know. I don't know what happened because I've been saying for years that Jericho is the best wrestler ever. I mean, I've been saying that since, like, what, 2016 or something? You have. I've been saying it forever. And it's just shocking to me now that I'm like, every time he's on the screen, I'm like, ah, oh, Christ, it's, here we go. It makes sense, though. It's overexposure. Like, he is such a giant part of every show, even when he's not in a main segment. He always gets to do some kind of ridiculous, elaborate thing. Yeah. And they don't always land, and that's the problem. 
Yeah. So they have their press conference, which I guess has barstool sports people there. The first person, there's like a podium in the middle. They're, they, they're walking up to a podium to ask questions. The first question I didn't even hear. I don't know what was going on with the mic. Jericho just rolled with it anyway, pretending that we could hear it. And then the next one was Conrad Thompson. Poor Conrad gets called turkey tits by MJF. Yeah, he asked him about Sammy. MJF calls him turkey tits and Jericho calls him fathead. And we're like, Jesus. I'd rather be called a fathead than turkey tits. <laughs> turkey tits, that's so sad. And then some other guy asks a question. And then Bischoff fucking rolls in and asks them why they're so stupid as to further motivate the young bucks by attacking their father is this going to be a thing now where every single time they have anything like one of these um town halls or press conferences or any segment like this is this a thing where they're gonna drag old eric b's corpse out to like you know for the, for the cheap he's pot? not corpse like he's not a corpse yet I don't, why do they keep doing these press conferences? This must do well in the ratings. It's over, like, again... It, but, it's, I mean, if people are watching it just because we don't like it... Well, this is correct opinions about like... wrestling. It's not about what people like. It's about what we like. Somebody must like it, though. And and for me, I don't know, it's... it's I kind of have the same problem with these conferences that I have with the Jericho stuff as a whole. Where it's like, you almost do that WWE thing where it's like, oh, we did this cool thing one time. So now we're just going to increase the number of times we do this cool thing until it's not really cool anymore. Damn, dude. Like the first time MJF gave his little, you know, political speech during the Moxley program. That was fantastic. Yeah, that was good. But now we draw, you know, now we drag out the podiums, you know, on a routine basis. I have something to say about this that might be a very unpopular opinion. But as long as it's a correct one, <laughs> we'll see. Fucking this whole thing with the inner circle has made me not like MJF anymore. I used to be so like, oh, fuck, here comes MJF. And now I'm like, Ugh, here comes MJF and Jericho. I wonder if it's made me not interested. I wonder if part of it is because Jericho can't let someone come off as a bigger star than him. Well, I mean, that could be just part of the storyline. But that shouldn't really come through in your your work. Well, I don't know. I'm not sure about that one yet. I'm not sure about your opinion. <laughs> I'm not sure about your opinion. <laughs> Anywho. I'm not sure about any of these opinions. So, <laughs> so the Young Bucks come out. And, uh, okay, so God. <laughs> they start talking about their dad. Dad. Daddy. Daddy couldn't afford college, so he built us a wrestling ring. Yeah, that's a thing they said, which... If... Okay. <laughs> How do I put this? I feel like it's supposed to sound, like, inspirational. Or, like, oh, what a good dad. It wasn't. But if if they hadn't made it in professional wrestling, like two billion other people who have tried before, this would be a very sad story. Like, we couldn't go to college, so Dad bought us a wrestling ring. That sounds like a fucking Travis Tritt song or something. <laughs> and also, like, and I'm going to put this on me. I don't know if it's just because I come from a dysfunctional family. But I don't want to hear about your fucking dad. I don't either. I don't care about your... This sounds so... Oh, I feel mean now. No. But I'm being just 100% honest. And as soon as I hear it, I go, ugh. 
I don't want to hear about your fucking dad. I don't want to hear about, oh, he <laughs> taught such actual, uh, that's fine, because this is our podcast. Actual delivery from that promo was, he, he taught us about faith and family. And it's like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't want to hear about how wholesome... I hate faith and I hate family. I don't want to hear how wholesome your fucking upbringing was, my guy. <laughs> you I know really what? don't. You know why I don't care? Because what they did to their dad, I wish somebody would do to my dad. Right? <laughs> so many people... And you know what? I Can feel someone like... someone come beat on my dad? Because that would give me a laugh. There was like just this thing where it's like so many... <laughs> piece of shit wrestling fans like us <laughs> probably were watching that and were like god beating up someone's daddy don't make you a heel this is some kind of face turn someone come please beat on my dad oh yeah it sounds bad i totally put it on myself i mean there's probably just something mentally wrong with me but what as soon as i hear someone's like fucking family story I'm like, I don't want to fucking hear it. I don't want to hear how good things were for you in your family life. I don't want to hear how... Oh, your dad loved you. Oh, that's so nice for you, it's, bud. It's like, you know... <laughs> you know, people probably like this, though. Well, people are fucking idiots. <laughs> if people weren't fucking idiots, I wouldn't have to do this podcast. Because everybody's opinion would be correct. But everybody's a fucking moron. <laughs> Except for me and sometimes you. So, here we are. Oh, God, we should move on. I feel like we've, I don't made, know. I feel we've like we're made our point. I feel like we're, we're really doing something here. <laughs> we made our point. So, once they get uh, past the fucking very special... I was going to say, once yeah. we get past this very special episode feel-good shit... Yeah. Then we get into things that are actually good, like taking shots... At, yeah, uh, at Chris Jericho and MJF. Well, let me set it up. They, the reason they burn them like this is because they're saying if it wasn't for Papa Buck, then AEW wouldn't exist. So you want to go ahead and tell them the burns? The burns were, if AEW didn't exist, MJF would probably still be living with his mom waiting for a callback from the Rosie O'Donnell show. Mm-hmm. And then... This was the real fucking nuclear bomb. This was the burn. And Chris Jericho would probably be jerking the curtain tonight at the Performance Center. Oh, and I felt like that hurt my feelings because you know what? There was truth in that. There was definite truth in that. And you know, Ooh. Jericho got bruised. Oh. You know his ass hurt after that one. <laughs> well, I'm sure he knew it was coming. That, that doesn't change the fact that, you know, his scrote probably got pinched when, when they delivered the line on television. He was like, it, was, it was good. It's like a needle. You know it's coming, but it's still going to be. That was a good burn. Yeah, I was really proud of the Young Bucks for those burns. Because the Young Bucks don't go hard enough. They need to go hard. They need to. They're always getting taken advantage of. That's always like their storyline. Less of this daddy shit and more of this, uh, these hard uh, burns. So then... They start brawling, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Because then the Chiz brothers come out. Brush off a good Chiz. <laughs> the fucking good brothers. Good I don't Chiz know for the boys. If you guys watch BTE, but BTE is 95% dick and Jizz jokes now. And it worked last week, honestly. I was on the fence, but 
I feel like they're starting to really get into that rhythm. That Chiz rhythm, brother. <laughs> so the Chiz brothers come out, and they have tables, and they set them up, and for some reason, Jericho and MJF aren't on them. Santana and Ortiz are taking the punishment, and Nick flips off, like, the tunnel structure. Right. Lands on Ortiz. Matt flips off the stage area down by ringside onto Santana. And I was pretty sure they both injured themselves. It it looked It looked off. devastating. It looked like they hurt themselves. But, uh... Overall, I didn't mind this segment. I just really wish we didn't have that sappy fucking speech, but... <laughs> You know. I gotta put I gotta put that partly on us though. No, I, I I'm I, sure some people hear it and go, yeah. Here here's the thing though, nope. And this is gonna make me sound like a piece of shit, but I feel like this is one of those things that you're not allowed to say, but everybody fucking thinks it for the most part. What? And I swear I'm not gonna go on a canceled thing here because I know that's a red flag. For, oh lord, here we go. But I am gonna say the quiet part out loud. Nobody wants to fucking hear the inspirational story of someone who's doing a lot better than them. <laughs> I don't fucking want to hear just the same way. I don't want to hear about, oh, yeah, you got a great fucking six figure job, bro. Or, oh, yeah, you, you, you killed it. You got a fucking book deal and movie deal. Well, it's, no, I don't want to hear that. And I don't want to hear that from from the young bucks who are now executive vice presidents of a, a major wrestling company it's like oh i'm a fucking piece of shit with a day job and a podcast so keep your flex barely each right keep your flex into a fucking minimum oh uh, i don't agree with you on that one don't you or are you just saying that so that you don't know well, wait in my head i'm trying to think of examples where i've heard it and been like yeah I'm sure it's happened. It, 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 here's an example of I something. I have more we, problem with the family stuff. Here's an example. You know, recently we were, you know, talking with your brothers about, you know, a certain person who just came into a good business deal with a restaurant. Uh, you don't yeah. want to hear about that. You don't want to hear about people having well, yeah, good things happen no, to them. that's different because I don't like that person. But, I mean, the young boys, I like them. I, I, I like them too until they get I on like this bullshit. Until they come in on their bullshit. Yeah, all right. All right. You you become very bitter and yes. very nasty. It's this it's this new studio setup. I feel like me again, baby. Studio setup. We've moved fucking ten feet to the left. Yeah, but there's chairs. <laughs> it hits different. All right, let's fucking move on. This is gonna be the longest podcast ever. Uh, so then we get a little video. People package. should be so lucky. Shut up. Shut up. Fuck. Then we have a little video package about the exploding barbed wire death match, and um. They have Onita, which I'm not going to pretend I'm cool when I knew who this was. I looked it up. The Japanese deathmatch wrestler who invented this match was talking about it and how it's perfect for them. So that was cool. Luck, like that. You got nothing to say about that? I, I love it when they bring in the Japanese wrestlers. That's just because I'm a fucking weeb. Yes. But... You know, you say you're a weeb, but... That podcast we did a couple weeks ago, you couldn't pronounce, you suddenly couldn't pronounce any of the Asian wrestlers' names. What was that about? Well, I, I. What happened to your weebness? You know, I don't know. Maybe I was fighting a sniffle. Uh huh. That was it. So next we have. Okay, this was weird. 
We have the FTR in Tolly versus Jurassic Express match, and J.J. Dillon was out there. This was a dud. Um. Okay, so that match that Dax had with Jungle Boy a few weeks ago, I fucking loved that match, and I loved it because there wasn't a bunch of random bullshit going on. This match had all the random bullshit going on. They made up for lost time. I don't even know. Like, at one point, Cash is in a hold at ringside, and he's tapping, and then Tolly gives Dax, who's in the ring, something he got out of J.J. Dillon's fucking shoe. Or was it the shoe? I thought, no, it was something in his shoe. So he didn't swipe him with the fucking floor shine? Nah, something inside the floor shine. <laughs> and... I don't know, and then, like, I'm not going through a play-by-play, so it was a match, and there was all kinds of fuckery going on, and then a mystery person comes out. Oh, this was underwhelming. Dressed in black, so you don't know who it is, and... It could be anyone. What a night. I don't even remember what they did. They fucking hit somebody or did something, but what was weird was then he, like, was at ringside crawling around on the ground. It reminded me of Metal Gear Solid. Oh my god. When you're just kind of doing an army crawl around, trying not to get noticed, but like, they see you. <laughs> the camera's right on him as he's crawling around on the ground. And then, uh... I was waiting for the red timer to pop up in the right corner. Yeah. And then... Yeah, I don't even fucking know what happens. Tolly pins Luchasaurus, which I don't even remember how that even happened. The, wasn't it the, the the masked guy pulls some fuckery and... Did the max the ma- Oh, the masked guy did something else, too. Yeah, like, Luchasaurus didn't lose clean, but still, you've got fucking senior citizen Tully Blanchard in what looks like nursing home jam jams. <laughs> Why did they dress him like that? I don't know, but you've got him pinning an over big guy making him look like a complete fucking geek yeah so that happens and then the mystery person gets in the ring they pull their mask it could be anyone it's exciting it's sean spears oh fuck and what i thought was weird about this is like they do like the four horsemen thing so i guess now he's allowed in the club which i've always been like well if tolly's managing all them why doesn't sean spears get to be in the group too so now i guess sean spears gets to be in the group so I and guess the, you know, the, the shocker is dead because we've got the fourth man, the fourth finger. Finally. And then Arn is at the tunnel and they do like the four horsemen thing. And just a weird, so much fuck, so much fuckery. It was not It was good. too, it was too much. The, the apex weird. of this feud came with the, with the jungle boy match. Yeah. That was a fantastic goddamn match. So, after that, Tony Schiavone comes out, and he's about to introduce Paul White, their new signee. And as he comes out, and is talking about how he's excited to bring out Paul White, J.J. Dillon goes over to him and says, it's not going to get any better than that match he just saw. And Tony says to him, you're not getting paid extra for that. And it seemed really off the cuff and hilarious. I just love Tony Schiavone. Which is nice when, you know, you're used for, you know, for years and years watching something that is so unbelievably goddamn scripted. Oh, To have little moments like this just on the regular. I mean, if that was, there's no way that was scripted. No, absolutely not. I feel like 
he seemed genuinely annoyed that that guy said that. And, uh, yeah, it was a great comeback. So, Tony brings out Paul White, who's wearing a No More BS shirt. Oh, I get it. And, like, okay, so when I heard this signed Paul White, I was like, okay, that's random, whatever. Kind of hilarious. But then when he came out, he looked so happy. It's funny what happens when they get away from WWE. <laughs> he looked so happy that I felt happy for him and happy that he's there. Didn't he look so happy? He did. He looked He looked like he had a soul. Yeah. I loved it. So he came out, and he lets everyone know that he has a big scoop. Well, he also said, like, you know, he's there now, and he's going to be doing commentary, and he's excited about doing color commentary. And then he says he has a big scoop on a new contractee. Is that a word? Contractee? Yeah, why not? Uh, and they're going to announce it Sunday at Revolution. And it's a Hall of Fame worthy name. Yes. So. Who is it? Is it, I don't even know, Comedy Ryback option. He's not Hall of Fame worthy. Well, I know this. You know this. I feel like everyone knows that. I want it to be Brock Lesnar. I do and I don't. I don't want it to be, but I feel like it would give Vince McMahon a heart attack and that would make me laugh forever. I don't Ooh, know who you it could got be. Mean. <laughs> oh, because I said some shit about Vince McMahon. Heart attack. You want the man to die. <laughs> no, I guess he could live. <laughs> but yeah, I have no idea. Honestly, I don't know who it is. The hard thing is like, they're so good at keeping secrets at AEW that I really have no idea. When they brought in Miro, I knew it was going to be Miro because I feel like that was pretty obvious. It could be Kurt Angle. Oh, shit. No. Kurt Angle's contract is up and done. He's not doing anything with WWE? I don't think so. He's got a podcast now. Yeah, I, I don't think he's contractually obligated to them anymore. I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. To me, Kurt Angle is, like, in the top, top, most underrated, underappreciated wrestlers of all time. I mean, they did make him have his retire retirement match uh, with fucking Baron Corbin. Let's not even talk about that. In the piss break Let's not slot. even talk about that. That's fucking disrespectful. It, it is. It is. So, maybe, maybe he's but looking to stick it to them for that. Just because they're Hall of Fame worthy doesn't mean necessarily they're Hall of Fame age. Right. So maybe Brock Lesnar? Again. I, I just feel like there's no fucking there's no fucking way. You know? It's just funny to think about. I don't actually want him in AEW, though. I don't either. And if they do bring him in, they have to find a way to keep him out of the title picture for a while yeah but it's not gonna be him so it's not even worth worrying about i don't right. know i have no idea who's let's see be. if this podcast ages poorly <laughs> doesn't matter none of this matters. i don't fucking know because aew keeps secrets so i have no idea so yeah so there was gonna be some new person sunday and i'm actually excited big shows at aew cautiously optimistic yeah i loved it so after that we get a little recap of the women's tournament, which I have to say was fucking fantastic. I loved it. I loved it. And I, part of me wishes it had been on 
dynamite, but then another part of me is glad it wasn't. Because they really got to, like, have nice, long, awesome matches. Right. So if you haven't watched the tournament on YouTube, watch it, because it's fucking great. Full disclosure, I have not, just because I'm a lazy sack of shit. But I definitely plan on going back and watching it. It's because you're an idiot. Yeah. And you're a fool. Well, these things are unrelated. And you're an ass. Again, the... (laughs) There's no causation there. <laughs> anyway, we've got our, uh, I guess, what is this, the semifinal? This is the final final, the final for the... the tournament to yes. determine the contender for Sheeta's belt at Revolution. Yes, so we have Nyla, who comes out with Vicky Guerrero, versus Ryo Mizunami, who beat Aja Kong and Yuka the Magic Girl. And I had the Ryo-Yuka match was my favorite of the whole tournament. So if you only watch one, I suggest that one. That was I, a good one. I was really pulling for a Riho Yuka final. But yeah. that didn't happen. But this was pretty good. It was yeah, it was good. Um they did put a commercial in it, which made me sad. Which made me really feel like I'm, I'm glad the other ones were actually on YouTube. I feel like they deserve to be on Dynamite, and it kind of fucking sucks that they're not displayed on Dynamite. But if they're going to break it up with restaurant-quality picture-in-picture... Then just fucking put it on YouTube, I guess. So, yeah. It's a good match. Fucking Rio wins with a leg drop. Sheeta comes out to give her the trophy. Again, I didn't... I'm not the one to play-by-play. Did you write any play-by-play? I didn't. I I will say, you know, having not watched it, I was immediately won over by her and, you know, the the fun stuff she did in the ring mm-hmm. with the, you know, she had a real, she had a real 80s Ultimate Warrior vibe. Yes. But in a good way and probably... I mean, the, the vibe of, like, the entertainment, not the actual wrestling. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, she does, like, fun things in the ring, like little pantomime and then, like... She does this thing where she slaps their <laughs> chest and then apologizes to the ref for doing it too long. That was great, and it was... It she's just, just so. extremely likable. She's a lot of fun, and she's, like, a tough wrestler. Yeah. The, it was just good. The ref was like, don't you do it. She's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm going to do it. <laughs> that so, was delightful. It was. And Sheeta comes out and gives her the trophy, and they kind of have a punch-off. Rio hits her, and then there's trading punches. But and, it's friendly little... And yeah, it's like a weird friendly, like, you're my friend, but I'm going to beat on you. And well, I liked it. Well, that's the basis of our relationship. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty one-sided with you doing the beating. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> I, I'll also say this. Yakuza suit um, Shida, that look works for her. It's a good look. She should... It's a shame she it took that, this long. She wore that at the tournament, too. Because she was at the tournament doing commentary. Right. Yeah, and she was wearing, like, that suit with, like, just, like, a black bra top there. Yeah. Very good look. She looks cool. Yeah. So. So, yeah, that's happening at Revolution. Stick with that. Yeah. Um, Please bring in all the people in the tournament. They were all fantastic. They, they need to do that. Fucking Maki Ito. The queen of... The queen of the simps. Queen of the simps. She's queen a, of piss and love. She's a fucking star. Emi Sakura. 
yeah. I, there wasn't, I don't feel like there was a dud in there. They just need to inject that entire... I feel like even in this tournament, like, the people I'm used to seeing on AEW seemed better. Like, the Thunder Rosa-Nyla match? That was a good-ass match. Like, I feel like everybody came off really good in this tournament. Tournament was a success. Success, more of that, Tony. Coward Tony. Coward Tony. Give us the matches on Dynamites. Coward Tony with your coward ass. I don't feel like you have to dumb it down for the American audience. I really am concerned Kenny Omega's doing that intentionally. Dumbing himself down. Yeah, I, I really hate that. But we we can get to that, I'm sure. We'll get to that. We're going to be doing a Revolution preview show on Saturday. So I feel like that's the time to talk about Kenny because he's not really in this show. Right. Kenny Which doesn't is weird. show up. It's weird that the only mention of the main event is the video packages. Yeah, and also, okay, after Dynamite, they had a Road to Revolution show. A recap show. It was all a recap show, but there was new stuff in it. And they they did the whole preview for the main event match, which I think is strange to not have it on Dynamite. That is odd. Do they think the exploding barbed wire death match just sells itself? Probably, and you know, they're not they're not wrong about that. Yeah. But it is weird that they weren't on there. Yeah. Maybe just resting up, getting getting ready. Maybe. So, okay, so after that, Tony Schiavone's back out, and he introduces Sting. Sting comes Don't you out. Mean Sting! Sting! Is Sting. it Sting? Sting comes out, and he's saying his Sting stuff. The <laughs> same Sting Dad promo that God bless him. He how he loves his week. boy Darby. Um, how he—that's his son. That's his boy. <laughs> he didn't say that. I'm just fucking. I'm telling you the vibe. And then, if you're gonna do dad stuff, do it more like this, unless <laughs> like that young bucks dad shit about. So Ricky Starks God. comes out, and he he tells him, "You still got it." After that beating he took last week, but then he. Gives Sting the old slap across the face. And then Sting literally beats him out of his clothes. That was... He's beat on Ricky Starks. His shirt's gone. His shoes are gone. You know, I once <laughs> lost my shoe going up the stairs. Um, and, and almost a fountain soda. That's a, that is a stupid story to share. Well, now it's out there, baby. <laughs> So, you know, I, I'm glad Nobody they, cares. I'm glad I, well, I, I'm going somewhere with this asshole. What? what? I just feel like it helped me relate to the character a little <laughs> to bit. To him losing his shoes. Yeah, I felt like. And he that, was beat out of his shoes. Well, wasn't I to a degree by God? <laughs> Shut up. All right, here we go. So he beats Ricky out of his shoes. He puts him in a scorpion death lock. That's what it's called, right? Yes. And then, okay, so the rest of Team Taz comes out, and here's something I thought was weird. Hobbs comes out, and he doesn't go in the ring and hit Sting and, like, knock him off him. He's just, like, on the outside grabbing Ricky's hands, trying to pull him out. Yeah. Which is such a strange... Is it just me that that's strange? Yeah, that's odd. You would like, think he's going to go in. Like, wouldn't you just barrel in and fight Sting? You would think so. No, he's on the side grabbing Ricky's arm, like, come on. 
especially for such a big guy. Like you would think he'd go in there, he'd pull him off, you know. Yeah, I just thought that was strange. And then Darby comes out, and there's a whole. I don't. I don't know what happens. Here's the problem. The fighty thing. The whole thing. Happened. If you've seen one of these segments in this build, you've seen it all because they have done yeah. some variation on this for Every like the week. past month or so. I feel like it might even be longer. It is longer. And the other build than, on this has been so long. And there have been some highlights. You know, it was cool to see Sting do a power bomb. Get a power bomb. Get a power bomb. It was cool to see. You know, when, when Darby came down from the rafters, yeah. that was, that was cool. But overall, it's just really the same thing every week. So I am glad that it's coming up this week because like this needs to come to some kind of conclusion. Right. But, uh, I do have to say Sting looked good. He does not seem his age at all. He does not. So I think he's 60 something. Yeah. And he looked amazing when he was like beating on Ricky Starks. This is a boy with a spinal issue, too. I mean, was his spine or his neck? Or... I it guess it's all Either way. Connected. So, yeah. Oh, you're a doctor now. More than you. Yeah. Because <laughs> I said spine and neck. <laughs> <laughs> They're all connected. Oh, is that your medical opinion, Bose? <laughs> Sorry, I got too fancy on you with well, spine and neck. Don't get too highfalutin over here. I'm a wrestling fan. I understand shit. <laughs> so next we have our fifth match of the night, which is 10. Who comes out with negative one? The little shadow boss. He really is the shadow boss. Ugh. He comes out. He's fighting Max Caster. And I do have to say, okay, I feel like the last time we did a podcast, I was making fun of him. But I feel like his rapping thing has gotten less awkward. But I feel like today it was kind of awkward again. Yeah. He made like a reference I didn't even get. I don't, not that, like, me not getting the references makes it awkward. Just, it just felt awkward again. Like, the timing's off or something. And they made... Maybe I'm crazy. They did that stupid shit that WWE does where it's like, oh, this big thing happened in the news, so we're gonna mention it during a promo with the Lady Gaga thing. Yeah, and that, I feel like that's weird, too, because that's also gonna age so badly. Yeah, like, Like, if you watch that in a few years from now, you're like, what the fuck is he talking about? Right. I don't know. It's whatever. It doesn't really matter, but it does it was like, feel like ooh. WWE because they they fucking have to wedge in pop culture references that are so out of place and unnecessary. Right. But I mean, it was fine. It, I feel like I'm nitpicking. It's fine. So this is for the ladder match, uh, qualifying shit, and uh, Scorpio Sky is on commentary. Oh my god. And, God, I know that, fuck, our podcast is so complaining. No, I said I like things, too, but I said to say, something about Scorpio Sky just does not work for me. I read a comment, and and I feel like it really kind of um, puts it into perspective for me. Hmm. Scorpio Sky is a lot like Ricochet, where he gets hyped up to hell... But then you realize, oh, wait, he's absolute garbage on the mic. Oh, is Ricochet garbage on the mic? Supposedly. Because I've never seen him wrestle in WWE. I've only seen him on Lucha Underground. I guess he didn't really talk, did he? No. And, I mean, granted, it could in WWE, at least, it could be because, you know, they're holding you back from doing anything. Here, Scorpio Sky has no fucking excuse. I mean, he just, like, says these lines that are so 
like this is it's like he's like thinking this is what I'm supposed to be saying. Right. It doesn't feel like his actual personality to be this way. Like, oh, he says like something about like uh AEW is now a sloppy shop and now he has to be the revolution for the revolution and talk about how he's sitting there in his oversized Kanye hoodie get the camera on him and it just doesn't seem like his actual personality to talk this way it was a turd it was cringe it seems like whenever he says this stuff it just seems forced it was stupid it was cringy i felt like i was listening to wwe commentary and that's absolutely the worst thing i could say about it i mean i feel like maybe it's just because he seems like he's actually a really nice guy yeah, I'm not buying heel Scorpio Sky. Like, when did that even happen? I guess he's not even a heel. He's just, like, this whole bragging how he thinks he's, like, the best and stuff. It just sounds so forced. God, I'm getting bored just talking about it. <laughs> Never mind move, watching it. Let's move on. So, anyway, in the 10 match, you know, it's a match. I didn't... If you want to see play-by-play play and watch the damn match. Jack Evans rolls out from under the ring... Hits 10 with the boombox, letting Caster get the win. Yeah, so then Jack Evans goes to the top, you know, by the tunnel to leave. And uh, Matt Hardy comes out and is paying him off. And what I think is hilarious about this is Matt hands him a big envelope that says Jack Evans, $2,000 on it. And it's so funny that they put the exposition right on the envelope as he's handing it to him. It's like uh, if he had come out with a bag with a money symbol on it. I would have loved that. <laughs> I mean, like, I feel like if he had just handed him an envelope or just came out with, like, a stack of cash and just, like, counted some out for him. But it's just funny to me that he hands him very obviously and deliberately an envelope that says Jack Evans and then has the amount of money on it. So I don't know what's going on here. Is Matt Hardy, like, making a cabal of underused tag teams maybe for him to take advantage of like why is he helping max caster am i missing something i i or is don't he making a little group i don't know if he's making a little group well he's already got private party and th2 hmm. and he was trying to get hagman and now he's helping max caster he's trying to build his own little stable maybe that's what i think maybe so, after that, we have a clip with Miro. Ugh. All I did was draw a meh face on my notes. God, just... Enough. Just let it be done. He needs a reinvention. He cannot keep being the fucking video game guy oh with Kip. Oh my god, the whole video game thing is hilarious to me because... Like, who fucking... Honestly, who doesn't play video games? Like, we get into this... Like, are you so, like, niche? Like, is that your identity as the video game person? Like, this company has, like, 50 people who have who play video games, interested in video games, worked in video games, have Twitches. He needs a new gimmick. I just, I don't know. I don't know what to do with this, and I don't like it. I just want it to be done. It bores me. I'm bored. So bored. Oh, so bored. So we have our final match of the night, which is Matt Hardy and Mark Quinn versus the, Meat Man. The Meat Man. John Silver and Hangman. The good, the bad, and the hungry. 
Yes. And, um... Hangman ends up winning the match. He pins Mark. And, uh, Matt fucking rolls in with a microphone and starts beating Hangman and Silver with a microphone. He really dinged that little nugget with the... With the old talkie stick, didn't he? Yeah, I didn't even think I saw him for the rest of the night. I don't think he ever came back in. I don't... Maybe he did. Then the dark... The Dark Order comes out, which makes sense, because they're Hangman's buddy. Now, here's where it doesn't make sense. Then everyone comes out. Fucking ev- Okay, so everyone who's going to be in the Casino Battle Royale or whatever the fuck it is comes out. So it's like, what? There were just fucking 30 people hanging? Am I supposed to believe, if, we're, if this is supposed to be presented to me like an actual sports product, you expect me to believe that 30 fucking people were standing right behind the fucking stage waiting to come out and join a fight. If you're going to pull up that thread. I will put I will put that there. That makes absolutely no sense. The Dark Order coming out makes sense. But then every single other person on the fucking roster fucking rolls out within like five seconds. It was pretty speedy. So then there's just a massive clusterfuck in the ring of everyone beating on each other. I get what they wanted. They wanted to end with a big brawl as a nice visual before their pay-per-view. It could have just been the Dark Order and then, like, I don't know, like, TH2 and Isaiah Cassidy. But, like, literally everyone, everyone was in that ring. It's a weird thing to end on before your... You know, for the go-home show for your big pay-per-view. Like, on a show where the world title didn't get any kind of real attention, you're going to end on a build for the casino tag match. That's yeah, weird. I mean, whatever. Do what you want. <laughs> do no, do what I want, because <laughs> that's what this podcast is all about. Do whatever the fuck you want. And then, that's the end of that, but I do want to mention something. After the show, they had the Road to Revolution. And I just had to mention one thing involving the Matt Hardy Hangman thing. Yes. So first of all... Line of the night. Matt Hardy and Hangman have a history. Which, I'm like, why haven't they mentioned this before? Or maybe they did and I missed it. Where Matt Hardy actually booked him in a show back a long time ago. Maybe they mentioned it in one of those 14 hours of supplement content they make every week. Maybe, but I feel like they should have mentioned that a long time ago because I feel like that adds to being invested in this. So, well, and they didn't even mention it on Dynamite, but yeah. So, anyway, here's what Hangman says about Matt Hardy. He says that Matt Hardy is a money-grubbing, corny, son-of-a-bitch, piece-of-shit asshole. Ooh. God damn. The line of the night was on was on the road to revolution. I kinda wanna make one point about that that same, you know, that same show. What? Um I thought it was kinda weird how um, you know, Tony kept kinda putting down this idea of Dark Order as being Hangman's friends. Didn't All on that get, road to show? Yeah, didn't you get that impression? It's like we've established that okay, he doesn't want to join them. But it's pretty well established that they're buds now. Well, um, maybe they're not ready for Dark Order to be full-on good guys. Well, that's 
that's going to be a hard... Uh... Oh, I had something to say, too. Oh, it just reminded me. In that last match when the clusterfuck was going on, Matt Hardy escapes out the tunnel and little shadow boss, negative one, <laughs> was at the top of the ramp yelling at him. Losing oh. his mind. That is so cute. Doing his best Mars Attacks alien impression. So cute. kind of reminded me of that. <laughs> so cute. Yeah, I just had to mention that because I love that little shadow boss. Yeah. Oh, so that was the show. I got my dad of the night. Should we rate this show with like a scale of some kind? Yeah, but let's figure out the scale and then get back to this. I have a scale. What's your scale? Okay, here's a scale. Zero is broken. One is hated it. Two didn't like it three liked it four really liked it five legendary don't you think we should come up with funny things for each rating well for like, now like zero is like you don't like broken dumps Ew, yeah that's so fucking hilarious well i'm just ripping You're so fucking I'm just ripping. funny <laughs> We can it. run it through some quality control, I fucking guess. I rate this show a three. I'm a hard rater. Yeah. I, I would say I like the show. I would too. I, I can get on board with a three. Okay. And then who's your stud and dud of the night? My dud of the night is Scorpio Sky. Oh, damn. Because that was just the cringiest. Like, it, it just was not good. They need to fix that. Just, just, just take it back, get all your shit together, retool it. Oh, shit, who's my... I don't even know who mine are. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Can I just have a dud? Yeah, I have a lot of duds going on. I can't actually pick. Just pick one. Oops, all duds. Oops, all duds. Um, I just want to say the whole FTR Jurassic Express thing that was a big old fucking dud for me. Yeah. I don't know who I would pick individually. Fair enough. I was really disappointed in that because I thought the the Jungle Boy Dax match, I think it was Dax. Yeah, that match was so fucking good and then they pull this shit on me? Why are they doing this to me? I didn't like it. That's my dud of the night. What's your stud of the night? Isn't it crazy that, like, fucking the Shaq thing is not the dud of the night? Honestly, yes. I mean, I've been thinking for, like, how long have they been fucking advertising this? Like, over a month, I think. A long time. So I've been thinking this is gonna be a dud for a long time. I'll be honest with you. I don't think I have a stud of the night unless we want to go with, uh... uh... My stud of the night's gonna be Rio. Okay, I was gonna say... That's that's really. I feel like that was the most. I think we're in agreement. Exciting best match thing going on. She gave the best performance of the night, hands down. So let's go with that. I'm going with Rio. Perfect. So yeah, that was the show. It was all right. Kind of on. And then Saturday we're going to be doing a preview show for Revolution, where we talk about the matches, who's in them, what's going on, who we think's going to win, bitch about stuff some more. And then, yeah, we'll be putting out a podcast after Revolution. Sounds good to me. So, yeah, I think that's it. Let's not drag it any longer, I guess. <laughs> 52 fucking Oh, minutes. my God. Okay, turn it off. It's gone too long. All right. All right, bye, everybody. See you Saturday. Bye.